Hi and welcome to the Bayani Mates podcast. I'm Bayal Moita, social development community member of AACPH. Bayani Mates is a podcast made by Australia alumni for Australia alumni in the Philippines and abroad. It is a platform where we share stories to inspire each other, stories about how we make a difference to our communities, our profession, and our country. Today, we have a special episode because we're recording this podcast as part of the Live Local initiative. Live Local PH features equitable and sustainable Filipino products sourced from microentrepreneurs and aims to empower women-led micro and small enterprises in the Philippines to thrive in the new normal. Today, we will be learning from the experts in the field of entrepreneurship. We will be able to hear them share their sorts of struggles wins and obstacles as they build their business. Our first panelist is Ieth Belvitz. As a woman, Ieth instilled herself a few roles in her life. A caring mother, a loving wife, a God-fearing daughter, a passionate innovator, and a determined entrepreneur with a heart. Their family is into farming of fruit trees like durian, pomelo, mangosteen, and cacao, and they usually sell them as fresh produce. But then the production rate of fresh fruits exceeded expectations and a lot of the produce were being wasted. So instead of lessening their production, they took it as an opportunity for value adding to their fruits through processing. For 18 years, she has established and managed Rosario's delicacies. At first, they only produced processed durian products such as durian kenny, frozen durian, and durian cham. As time passed by, they started processing langka, mangosteen, marang, and other fruits produced in the farm. Due to the pandemic, they also found the need to expand to international markets to continue to create jobs in their own way. And even if it is not that big, they were able to contribute to the economic growth of the country. They also came to shed light on the importance of the farmers in the country and motivate others to respect and take farming as a job. Our second panelist is Anya Lim. She is known to be the Princess Ant and co-founder and managing director of Ant Hill Fabric Gallery. She works passionately on weaving culture, tradition, and business through community entrepreneurship. With over a decade of experience in the development sector, her immersion began as a volunteer with UNICEF Philippines and Theresian missionaries during an indigenous summer mountain service in Taiwan. She did fundraising and advocacy communications for World Vision Philippines and acted as interim supply chain manager for Rags to Riches, a social enterprise in the Philippines working to empower local artisans. She finished her Master's in Communications for Social Change at the University of Queensland, Australia, last 2013. She's also in the 2011 class of Asian Society Young Leaders, 2013 Spark Philippines USA Young Women Entrepreneurship Bootcamp Fellow, 2014 Go Negosha Young Creative Entrepreneur Awardee, 2016 Young Entrepreneur of Cebu Awardee by the Cebu Chamber of Commerce, 2017 Swedish Institute Management Fellow, and a 2018 Young Man Smith Marketers Awardee under the Entrepreneurship Awardee. She is also 2015 Curator of the Global Shaper Cebu Hub, a youth community under the World Economic Forum. Our third panelist is Whit Holganza. She is a passionate and empowered business professional with over 25 years of experience. This includes a strong track record for business development and management in the health IT BPO, farm management, food processing, and agritourism spaces. She is currently the CEO of Lila Mai Incorporated, 
overseeing all aspects of strategic business thrusts and business growth, and responsible for operation management, business development, and financial excellence standards, among others. She has also been CEO of Zipit Solutions Incorporated for 12 years, CEO of Naniscript Incorporated MTC Academy for 9 years, and was Operations Director for the International Operations of Jollibee USA from 1999 to 2005. She earned her Bachelor of Science in Community Nutrition from the University of the Philippines Diliman and her postgraduate diploma in Management Development from the Asian Institute of Management. Ladies and gentlemen, our panelists, Eeth, Belvis, Annalyn, and Wit Holganza. I'm a third I'm a second I'm a third generation farmer. Second pala. I'm a second generation farmer uh, of Grand Verde Farm. It was a farm that we bought actually from our parents. Uh, there's five of us siblings that own the farm, but I am the only know uh, among the five uh, siblings, I'm the only one who focuses on the farm. But uh, initially the farm was planted to uh, a multitude of uh, fruit trees, just like yung farm nila iet. Uh, but eventually, because I was so inspired by our Madre de Cacao, Charita Puentespina of Malagos Gardens, I'm pretty sure you've heard of them. Um, I started uh, growing my grove as well. So I have about 3,000 trees in the farm. Uh, but initially, when we were trying to, to, you know, we were trying to, we were we were already harvesting. We initially sold to traders. And I, there was even a time when a Japanese a consolidator was getting my beans and bringing it to Japan to make green tea chocolate out of it. Pero we felt na, teka muna, bakit natin nahayaan na uh, dadalhin yung cow beans natin sa labas and then pagbalik niyan, tayo pa rin ang bibili. Parang something is wrong with that uh, formula. Uh, why don't we start learning how to make our uh, our own product? So just like Iet's path, nag-value adding kami. Pero iniwasan namin yung tableya or 100% dark chocolate because everyone was making tableya and we felt na teka muna baka there is something innovative that we can create with our cacao so it was a very very deliberate decision for the family to focus on the nibs because we felt that by creating products out of the nibs we would be hitting and maximizing and op optimizing the health opportunities in the cacao beans so later on we'll probably cover a a little bit about yung health aspect noon, pero we wanted to stay with the nibs for now. So we created our Pinoy version of the cacao nib granola, uh, and we replaced the nuts that's typically found is in this mix of grains, dried fruits and nuts, with the roasted cacao. Uh, also, I managed, so we created that brand under Wits, Sweets and Savories, and I'd like to tell a little bit of this story now why it was called Wits. And my daughter was saying, if we put your name on it, when we do take over fully in the business, we will be reminded of how hard you work. So putting your name there is ensuring that we honor that particular legacy. So for that, so I was so touched by that. But anyway, apart from the fruits and the processing that we do, we also do immersive cacao experience for the purpose of educating people about the cacao and the rich history of cacao. So we want to deepen that farm experience by taking them through an immersive farm tour utilizing the senses. So basically, I operate Gran Verde and Wheat Sweets under the Lila Maya brand of ano, the product. So that's it. All right, thank you so much, Miss Wit. I love how you shared bakit, bakit naging Wits yung name ng business mo. Now I'm so curious why for our other panelists, why was it called Ant Hill and Rosario's Delicacies? Can we start with Miss Anya? Just to feed my curiosity and others' curiosity as well. 
Yeah, I get asked that all the time. And I think we purposely created a name that would, you know, steer curiosity. So Anthill actually is an acronym and it stands for Mahaba siya, so brace yourself. Alternative Nest and Trading or Training Hub for Indigenous or Ingenious Little Livelihood Seekers. So it really kind of encapsulates what we do because apart from providing market access, um, we also are really invested in capacity building and that really is the core of what we do, um, community development. But also we, we in Ant Hill imbibe the values of ants which are, you know, resourceful, hardworking, um, you know, we celebrate the communal spirit. And these are traits that we feel are part or exist really are alive in our Filipino artisans. And we want to be reminded that, you know, we're all here working together to achieve a common goal like the ants. All right. Thank you so much, Miss Anya. It's another curiosity before we move on to this EF. Because when I was young, sabi nila, there's a difference between black ants and red ants. Oh, daw. Is it true ba? Uh, siguro, ano na, yung mga sa, bio, sa science na yon. Pero ang alam ko, yung may mga pamahiin, di ba? There's an, uh, mga, yung mga sinasabi ng matutanda na pag marami daw black ants sa bahay, it, it's a sign of abundance. Pero yung mga red ants, malas daw. Oo, swerte yung black ants. Pero yung mga red ants, siyempre masakit yun pag nakagat ka, di ba? Makate. So yun lang ang alam ko na, na difference between the two colors. <laughs> Same, puro pamahiin lang eh. We have to debunk that here, but maybe on another Zoom. So moving on, can we have Miss Iat? Why was it called Rosario's Delicacies? Hi, uh, and uh, Rosario's Delicacies is it's, uh, uh, name yun ng mother-in-law ko, Rosario's. Kasi my, my, my in-laws has a really uh, rap story. Parang si mommy kasi and daddy is ano, uh, parang alam yung story na uh, kay pangako sa'yo. Like, parang kasi si daddy kasi is talagang nanggaling talaga sa uh, mahirap na pamilya. And then, Uh, si mommy is nasa medyo high society. So, uh, doon niya nakilala si mommy. And then kahit na ganun si daddy na uh, naging laborer siya, tinanggap siya ni mommy. Parang ganun. And then, nagkaroon ng ano sa family. Pag ako dumating pa ni Kaya, inalisan ng mana si mommy. No, it's not your her parents, but the other, yung adoptive parents niya na nag-ano sa kanina. Parang naging naging ano sila pubukod uh, and then doon sila nagsimula from the start from rocks to ano to nagkaroon ng parang si daddy kasi is, is a farmer is a landless farmer before and then through mommy's uh, support kay daddy uh, kung ano yung meron kami ngayon mga farms is because of the support of mommy so this is parang ang uh, ano is a tribute to kay, kay mom katulad ng sinabi kay Vip na ang gusto ni ng mga anak niya is maalala nila si Wit kung sila na yung mag-ano na si, si Miss Wit yung nag-ano talaga ng uh, too much hard work para mapisahan ng Wit. And then, ganun din si Mami. Si Mami rin ang nag-start noon ng Pablea noong 1978. Aside from talagang si Daddy ay pinush niya uh, para malabas kung ano yung galing ni Daddy. Kasi si Daddy is masyadong mahiyain before. And then, uh, Less kasi magpaksidadi 
So, but he was able to become a, a supervisor and manager of a big corporation here in Davao Farm. And now, dumating yung point na si Dadi na rin yung laging mga speakers regarding durians and mga ano. So, uh, na-develop si Dadi because of mom. And ngayon, we really appreciate mom because uh, I married my husband because I mean, my husband is a good is a good person. So, parang nandun talaga na naging foundation ng Belvis Farms and Rosarios is si mommy. Kaya inanan namin as Rosarios Delicacies. Before the name is Rosarios Root Stop. But inalis kasi namin yung word stop kasi I think Belvis Farms and Rosarios will never stop. Kaya inanan namin Delicacies kasi we want to innovate more, we want to create more, and we want to give more. Thank you so much for sharing the love story as well. I have to echo what Ednad said also. Pwede siyang gawing libro. Or if not, maybe we can see it in a short film or MMK, di ba? So, Ms. Witt mentioned earlier na ang daming nag-i-invest sa cacao business. And why would we do that? In your case, Ms. EF, because if you're in Davao, for our participants who are not in Davao, if you're in Davao, durian is everywhere. Left, right, up, down, everywhere talaga. So, why durian? Na ang dami nang gumagawa ng durian, but why did you invest in durian? Okay, ah, uh, is nag-ano ko durian and cacao, but durian kasi si Daddy, yung dati is 1970s, and yung, uh, si Daddy isa sa mga nagdalapad dito ng PR25 at saka UF18, yung sa kasama ng company niya. Si Daddy yung, uh, si Mr. Sibiliyo Novelbis, yung isa sa mga top management na nag-organize para sa, sa cacao. And then during his travel, uh, nakita niya sa Thailand kasi nag-training sila sa Thailand eh. And then Malaysia about the cacao. And then sa travel niya, nakita niya doon yung na-appreciate niya yung durian. So dinala niya yung dito. Dinala niya yung dito. And then after nung nag-retire siya, nag-focus siya sa durian. And uh, durian is an exotic fruit. Kung baga, mamahalin mo siya kapag ka, naumpisahan mo na. Uh, kapag nakilala mo siya. And then, uh, when I came here, hindi ko rin akalain, kasi I'm from Luzon eh. Hindi ko nga rin akalain ko na namamahalin ko si Durian. But, um, uh, ano kasi ako, uh, agporticulturist and uh, nag-student uh, assistant ako sa Fruit Crops Nursery and everyday na amoy ko yung Durian. So, yan, kumakain ako ng Durian and then, ang friends ko, may, mga, may boarding house kami ng college and usually mga boarders ko, mga da- taga-dawaw, And laging pasalubong nila durian. So nasabi ko talaga na ng college ako, pag gumraduate ako, kasi tissue uh, culture kasi ang specialization ko nun, and sabi ko na, Ellen, pag graduate ko, titira ako sa Davao kahit anong mangyari. And then, graduating na ako, exacto, may nanligaw, taga-Davao. <laughs> so grab the opportunity. Grab na talaga. No? <laughs> It's a joke lang. Pero ayun, nagkataon talaga na God will give you the right person and then kung ano talaga yung sin, yung pangarap mo, yung gusto mo, may ibibigay siyang right partner para sa'yo. So, nang sinabi ko talaga na, that was bago ko nakilala si Nelo, two years pa before, sinabi ko na kahit anong mangyari pag graduate ko, sa Davao ako titira. And then yon pag dating ko nga sa Davao, kasi love na love ko na ang durian sa, nung nasa Pilipinas, ah, nung nasa Luzon ako, nasa Luzon, Pagdating ko ng Davao, wala na yung problema sa, sa, sa durian. 
minahal ko na ang durian noon pa, bago pa nakilala si Mel. And then, ayun, uh, ang durian kasi is siya talaga ang iniwan sa amin ni Daddy nung nawala siya noong 2016. Uh, siya ang iniwanan. And nangako kami kay Dad kung lahat ng iniwan niya, pagyayamanin namin. And that's Well, here we are, kami ni Mel, kami na yung second generation. And we are doing our best. It's not only uh, durian, pati yung cacao yung iniwan niya sa amin. Uh, ginagawa namin ng innovation para magkaroon siya ng tamang market at ihanap siya ng tamang market. Hindi lang dito sa Pilipinas, but also to the rest of the world. Ang galing kasi hindi lang pera yung nakikita sa durian, pati pag-ibig, may forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ang galing. At, at ang sinabi nga ni Miss with dito na so many stories that we need to put the spotlight on of the richness of our experiences and not just our business. So actually, we're in mid-May 2021 and sad to say, we're still in a pandemic. We've seen many businesses talagang nalugi. And we've also seen businesses that not only survived, but thrived during the pandemic. Now, one question for our panelists, was this the case for you? If yes or no, anong strategies yung inadapt ninyo for this sudden change? Can we have Miss Anya, please? Thank you, Bea. Um, I wouldn't say... Um, I wouldn't confidently use the word thrive, but I feel like we did thrive in so many ways. But siguro what resonates with me more is um, una sa lahat, parang yung goal talaga was to survive, right? So um, we did survive the the pandemic um, and we're still working hard to to thrive and to recover from from last year. Um, it was a very, very difficult journey. Sigur, just to share a few challenges. Um, first off, a lot of our artisans automatically became breadwinners. Kasi yung mga asawa nila, most of their work, contractual, like carpentero, pintor, um, security guard, ganun. So yung mga mananahi namin, the seamstresses, even the artisans, um, Uh, even the weavers in the in the communities, naging bigla silang, sila lang yung nag-contribute to household income. So there was really that much burden. And the, the, the downside to that also is when the way it affected Antil, kasi kami, like, the way we're able to create um, impact is through social procurement. So... Um, apart from that, we also do a lot of capacity building. And we had to rethink this also because um, we want the communities to become self-reliant. And yet, when the pandemic hit, uh, we realized how dependent they were also of us and kung gaano kami frequent mag-procure from them. Um, so last year, because we were very tight on cash flow, kasi aggressive yung procurement namin ng 2018-2019. Ang nangyari, ang dami naming inventaryo. We have so much inventory, um, but we didn't have any cash. So um, how are we going to survive? Our cash runway was very limited. Um, in the past, we would never have any promotions or sale. Wala kami mga ganyan. Once a year lang kami nagsisale pag 
Women's Month Pal the Revolution. Um, but last year, almost every month, you know, we were, I was feeling desperate. We were all feeling desperate already. And that was the only way to move our products, get people to to, to take advantage of the sale. And, and siguro, um, another challenge was managing um, the business, but at the same time also managing the people considering high levels of anxiety and panic. You know, it was the first time that mental health became so palpable in our organization. Um, as a social enterprise, very early on, we put our foot down and we said, we're going to put people over profit. And we, so we didn't have any layoffs. We didn't let go of anyone. But there were also a number of resignations because of, of mental health. Like, it was a very difficult um, time. It was, it was a very unfamiliar space. Um, even working from home caused so much anxiety amongst the team because they were so used to, we were all so used to being physically together and feeding off in each other's creative energy, brainstorming. So merong issues on internet connection, um, hindi kami makapag-ship out. So all this really, uh, I guess, went up to our head and caused so much panic. So, but despite all that, we were able to pivot naman. So we readily, we're, we were one of the few on enterprises who made masks right away. And that really became our bread and butter um, for for the past, uh, for in that span of time, siguro mga five months in 2020, yun talaga yung bumuhay sa amin. Um, but more than that, you know, like, I think we're very grateful that we have such a powerful community and movement among our proud we wearers. And we got so much support, you know, like, um, proud we wearers like Edna entrusted us with custom orders. And that really allowed us to continue um, giving jobs to our seamstresses, you know, like yung mga, ngayon, that's what we're really pushing custom orders, kasi hindi na kami makapag-replenish ng inventory because we're also uh, managing cash flow. So we really leveraged on our social media platforms, engaged with our community, and yung naging, yung naging strategy namin is, let's just be honest, you know, let's be vulnerable and be very transparent. Ito yung sitwasyon natin, ito yung challenges natin, ito yung difficulty natin. And for us to be able to thrive, survive, and and pursue our, our mission, we need to really collaborate and, and have the support of everyone. So that was our pandemic year. A lot of lessons, but we're also happy we made it through. Thank you so much, Miss Anya. I have so much words, but one word for you. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank later you. on, I'll just say my words, maybe if we have much time later. But then let's move on to Miss Witt. How was the, your pandemic year in your business? Experience. Yeah, yeah. I'll start with the, no, the self, siguro. Uh, I think most of us were frozen into inaction. Kasi parabang, wow, wow. This used to be something that we saw in the movies. And all of a sudden, it's real. Every single one of us is like in a movie script already. Yon. So, uh, the uh, gut reaction was one of gratefulness. Kasi 
kumbaga, there were many families affected by COVID, but uh, thankfully, none of our immediate family and uh, members of our family and even members of our team uh, sa farm or sa food processing or sa project ng sa Bilaran project namin, which is an urban forest farm. None of them were affected by the pandemic directly. None of them got sick. So, ang unang-unang lesson during the pandemic was of great gratitude. Uh, and to keep ourselves healthy. So, the second lesson that that pandemic taught us well, practices that we can do within the lake garden to a healing space and a space where we can grow some extent some food. In Gran Verde, in Davao, Oh, I think we've lost Miss Witt. So while waiting for her to come back, can we move on with Miss Iet? Okay, regarding this experience namin nung pandemic, ah, grabe, parang may apocalypse. Parang biglang, kasi, uh, biglang ano eh, kasi during that time, I was in the hospital, uh, parang March 16 yata nung nag-lockdown dito. So March 12, meron akong operation, pinilit kong lumabas ng March 15 kasi ayokong abutin ang lockdown sa hospital. So March 15, labas ako. And then March 16, hindi pa gaanong nakaka-recover. But nagpa-meeting na agad kami sa mga tao namin. Ano yung pwedeng magnyari? And then kasi syempre nabalita na natin nangyari sa China. Nakita na natin kung paano sila nila lockdown. As in lockdown, pati yung mga doors nila para hindi lumabas. Nilalak talaga doon sa mga pandemium. So, so kami, parang kami nilang ginawa namin, niready niyo muna namin yung mga tao namin. Miniting namin sa kanila, ano yung dapat mangyayari? And then, in-assure namin sa kanila na nobody will be left behind. Kahit anong mangyayari, uh, uh, tutulungan namin sila. Just stay. Kasi ang advantage ng nasa farm is ang social distancing ay okay na okay kasi ilan lang sila sa farm. So, ang naging struggle sa amin dito is dito sa production era, sa Rosaris Delicacies. Kasi kailangan nilang pumunta. And nangyari nga yung hindi uh, uh, dapat mangyari, natakot yung mga empleyado namin pumasok sa factory, sa Rosaris Delicacies. So, uh, mayroon namang sasakyan na pwede namin tundo, takot sila. So, yung emotional stress ng mga tao, even our driver, yung pinaka-importante na kailangan namin na ano, yung driver, Kasi kailangan namin ng logistics ha? kasi yung operation sa farm, kailangan magtuloy kasi farm naman siya. Hindi pwedeng mamatay ang puno. Hindi pwedeng, hindi compared to Rosario Sedecasis na stop on production, okay lang. Walang masisira sa makina. But with the, with the, with our fruit trees, hindi siya pwedeng hindi bunuhan kasi pag hindi mo siya inuraan, lalo kang mawawala ng harvest. So, tuloy yung operation sa farm, but the problem is our driver, and there is still harvest in the farm. So, kailangan namin siya i-dispose, kasi yun yung magsusustain sa aming, mga, sa aming lahat. So, what we did, kami ninal, wala pa kasi hindi pa uso yung, sa kundi pang rider nun during that time, April, May, 
So, at saka, ang hirap i-rider ng durian, i-deliver from Kalinan, two hours from the city, uh, pa, para sa city. So, ang ginawa namin, kami mismo mag-asawa. Nag-online setting kami through Facebook. So, humigising kami at 4 o'clock in the morning to, para lang i-check sino yung mga nag-order and then at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, kailangan kami umalis, i-deliver. And then, makauwi kami mag-asawa, 11 o'clock na ng gabi. Para matapos lahat ng delivery. And ang nakatanalanggan, ang pasyang yung mag- na-experience yan. Yung parang ang napapanood natin sa TV na paglabas mo ng kalsada, katulad ng dati, ang daming tao, busy, but doon walang tao. Sabi ko, and then, sabi ko, wow, nakakatakot. Pero, nag-enjoy ako kasi walang traffic. Walang traffic. Sabi ko, tapos, ang mura ng gasoline. Ang gasoline, ang mura, and then, ang traffic, ang bilis namin na-deliver. So, siguro, yung alis namin 10 o'clock hanggang 11, ang marami kami na-deliver from, nalilip, ito yata noong, ng pandemic, nalibot namin ang lahat ng subdivision dito sa Dabao. Maliit na subdivision na housing, mga NAJ, hanggang sa pagpinakamalaki at mayayangang subdivision dito, napasok namin. And then, so parang during that time, in-enjoy namin mag-asawa yung ganun tayo. Pero nakakatakot kasi parang noon, hindi pa tayo talaga wala pang gaanong alam about the virus. So parang balut na balut ka, Pati yung, yung inag-order sa'yo, malayo kayo, hindi kayo makapag-usap, iiwan mo sa gate, and then kukunin niya, idadrop niya yung bayad, kukunin mo, parang ganon ganon ka. Tapos, uuwi kami ng bahay at 11 o'clock na, tapos pagod na pagod ka, and then, ganon ko ka paranoid na, kailangan umalig, pinapaliguan ko ng alcohol ang katawan ko, spray, and then, diretso sa banyo, maligo. And then, after one week, and then asthma attack. Nagkasakit ako because of that paranoid na nangyari. So, so yung nangyari nun, ang naging challenge talaga is logistics during that time. And then, hindi ka makadeliver ng products mo sa Manila kasi ang mga airport may programa. And then, siyempre yung emotional stress. Kasi lahat, hindi lang ako, uh, pati mga empleyado namin, we have to talk with them, lahat, i-update sila. And then, dumadating pa na tuwing Sabado sweldo, Pinadalhan pa namin. Kami pa yung nag-ahasin ng mga bigas nila. Kami na rin ang bumibili ng bigas, yung mga ibang mga itulong, bilagay mga basic essential kasi ayaw na namin silang pumasok sa supermarket at sa palengke. Kasi takot din sila. And then, kung bibili sila within that community sa barangay nila, mataas yung presyo. So what we did, bumili na kami ng, ang hirap noon kasi hindi ka makabili ng maraming bigas. So sabi ko nga noon, it's, it's not for us, it's for a group of 50 personnel. So hindi kami makabili. So limited, sa, ang sabi ko nga sana per company, unalaw na lang na ma-atis sila yung mag-distribute kaysa yung employee pumunta. But anyway, wala kaming magawa. So yun yung ginawa namin. Uh, and then for those na hindi maka-work, uh, providing kami sa kanila ng food, uh, challenging kasi yung cash flow, hindi kahanda hindi ka handa for the cash flow na gano'n na. Kasi sanay ka ng may daily operation eh. So may papasok na pera. But during that time parang kaya 2 months, 3 months. But for ano, ang hirap. 
And then, nag-isa pang challenging din noon, nag-Durian season, month of August. So, paano magiging, ano yung safety ng, ng mga employees namin, yung naging problema namin eh, yung safety. Kasi kailangan namin na maraming tao para mag-operate doon sa ano. So, ang ginawa namin yun, kinausap lang namin yung mga tao, and then sundin lang yung protocol. Pinakana namin is ang protocol. And uh, we do ano, lagi kami nagdadasal every time we start the operation. So, ang nakakatuwa lang doon is uh, nakahanap kami ng market even pandemic. So, ang daming opportunities na dumating no pandemic. So, nakaroon kami ng partner with uh, yung mga hindi namin nakuha market during yung pre-pandemic mas nakuha namin yung market. So, pag uh, maraming nawala during, ano, but marami ang, may pumalit. Merong mga pumalit uh, na hindi namin in-expect. So, yan. Uh, and then, pag-adapt siguro sa e-commerce, naging medyo, kasi hindi ako techie, kami nung, uh, husband ko is techie, pero kailangan ng time. But, ang dami kasi dapat ayusin pa to operation. So, but then, slowly, nakakaano na kami nag-adapt kami sa e-commerce like yung mga online selling like Lazada, Facebook, Shopee. Yeah. Alright, thank you so much Miss Ieth. Para siyang song ng, ano, the rain. there's always a rainbow after the rain. But in our case, hindi pa after yung rain. It's still ongoing. So I think Miss Witt is back. Yes, I'm back. Yes, yes. Back. So, oo. Uh, I think the pandemic also gave me a chance to stop and actually stay still and 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 just like i said just be grateful for the fact that you are alive and the other realization was the fact that we have so much space uh here at home and even in our containers to start growing our own food so this was something that i really asked uh my children who because they were developing a project of an urban forest farm stay in bohol we decided that we will fund the development of the urban food forest more intensively because we felt the pandemic was a clear lesson on sustainability, not just for family units and not just for businesses. So we told our kids who were in, the, we had three kids in, in, in Bohol, we told them na, sige, we will fund uh, the project and yung urban food forest must be one of the key things that we must focus on. While in Kalinan, the farm, we continued to not lay off people. We asked our, the people, the farmers that we work with to keep on working and much like yet we gave some subsidies pero ang stress namin during the pandemic was because it was difficult uh, parang I think it was also a blessing in disguise na naging difficult ang procurement because we were now forced to work with natural farming systems. So at this point I'd like to address yung question ni Doc Ray kanina pinos sa chat uh, being able to pursue sustainable farm practices was a way forward. Napilitan yung mga tao ngayon to look at other ways na, example lang ha, uh, of simple practices, not to cut the grass. I mean, why would we keep cutting the grass when during the very, very hot season, we need actually the roots of the grass to keep the water in the soil. Number two, we decided to go full-time and practice uh, the uh, producing our own natural 
uh, fertilizers through a practice called the Korean Natural Farming or Judam. And then we were now more convinced that permaculture was the future. We need to revisit the mapping of our farms, the way that we're developing even our own homes so that it can now be consistent with permanent agriculture. Because I feel like yung concept of permanent agriculture is too high up in the clouds, but we can and actually bring it down to the level of families so that we can now sustain our own families. Because one of the things that we encountered was a story of a farmer, a co-op, a farmer's co-op. Ah, they were producing tons and tons of cacao beans. All of a sudden during the pandemic, because na disrupt yung supply chain at ang hi ang tumaas ang logistics, ang cost of logistics. All of a sudden, these farmers who had tons and millions worth of beans in their uh, storages couldn't put food on the table. That was because everyone was most everyone was monocropping. They were not even growing food just for their own family. So that was a clear lesson there. Uh, but more importantly, yung relationships was important. Kasi yung relationship namin dos mga taong nag-work with us, um, we had to take care of them. We had to make sure na may constant reassurance from us na to the best that we can, hanggat hindi, hindi kaya namin hindi mag-layoff, hindi mag-layoff. But more importantly, yung relationship with customers. Before the pandemic, we were able to book no February of 2020 at an institutional contract worth one year. So an annual contract that we can supply a big automotive corporation with their VIP baskets. So we were so grateful for that because even with the pandemic, pina-delay pina lang nila yung deliveries, pero tinuloy ulit when they could find riders to develop to to deliver all this so thankfully yung manila uh, craft kitchen was able to supply all the way to december lahat ng requirements ng automotive yung big client na yon but at the same time we just like iet and just like anya we utilize and now maximize yung digital space to be able to push our products and i think the pandemic kasi uh, my kids are the third generation farmer and food crafter na the pandemic, I think, brought the reality home close, close, very, very close to home and in their hearts. Now, the reason why this business has been set up was in the first place for you to learn to become entrepreneurs themselves. Pero parang one foot in, one foot out yung mga anak ko. Parang they had other things they, they were interested in. But the pandemic actually made them take a second glance, teka muna, bakit pa ba ako nagpo-focus in so many other things when the business is right here, pwede ko tong palaguin. I'm not saying na parang I rammed it down their throats before the pandemic, pero yun na nga, parang half in, half out sila eh. So the pandemic taught them na parang, hey, we have something here that we can grow and it's something that we even grow uh, from the farm and something that we can craft, continue crafting. So my third generation now of farmers and food crafters have become more uh, involved and more creative in the things that they feel they can craft and uh, innovate para matulungan yung business na lumago pa. Because like I said, we had 15 families depending on us. So, and we want to continue them. We want to continue growing with them. So, yun yung mga challenges na nakita namin. All right, thank you so much, Miss Witt. I love how you said that it's all about sustainability as well, not just in family, but in businesses. Now, Miss Iyeth kanina mentioned that one of the main challenges she encountered was that she didn't have a lot I think this also resonates to all of us because people would label you as hoarder instead of being a hoarder for being a hoarder. So what do you think... Ang 
I think I have to rephrase this question. How were you able to help communities? Because not just your families or your business. How were you able to communicate to help communities during the time of pandemic? Can we have Miss Anya? Um, I guess for us, uh, three things. Um, first, it was really presence, you know, and something that you know um, we probably don't put so much value in. But um, I think at the at the height of the pandemic, it was very valuable to just hold space for people and show empathy, you know. So we we were also able to do um, a lot of we will we were able to do a lot of fundraising um, opportunities that were geared towards the needs of our respective communities, um, especially uh, in providing their basic necessities. Um, we had fundraising for about four communities, um, the Yakan community in Basilan, our Tisa community here in Cebu, the doll-making community, Abra, Argao, Susutanawa in Lake Cebu. So we got all that covered in terms of like, you know, trying to at least have provide them what they need while they are cooped up in their homes. But I think what was really most appreciated was just being there, you know, keeping the communication lines open, um, our constant check-ins, kumusta kayo, uh, ano na po bang nangyayari, um, paano po kami makakatulong, ganun. And, and that, that, you know, spirit of kwentuhan lang makes things light and re- reminds everyone, like what, mas, like what Ms. Witt said, that there's still so much to be grateful for. Na yung parang the abundance that you seek is just in front of you because you have companions in this journey. So yun yung pinaka first na, na impact. Um, second is, again, it's connected to, to presence, right? I think also listening and paying attention to what is really urgent and necessary at the time. So um, true enough, validating um, Ms. Witt's and Ayat's experience, a lot of our community artisans actually said that 2020 or the year of the pandemic made them return to the soil or return to earth. Ang ganda, diba? Kasi a lot of them really um, had to look for alternative means of livelihood because um, they can't stay in the loom anymore. And so they went back to being farmers and yung mga urban communities namin na walang spaces, um, they explored and became, um, you know, ur- urban farmers. Kasi yung, para, yung, yung demand no market nun was mga plants. Yun ang nagsilabasan yung mga plantita at plantito. So natuto ulit magtanim yung mga urban communities para makapagbenta ng, ayan na, si Edna, para makapagbenta ng tanim. Yun. So, so they had to also be very creative and very innovative. And a lot of them said that our um, skills training, our business skills transfer, our courses and workshops on branding, marketing really helped a lot, really helped them a lot um, pursue alternative forms of livelihood and, and be creative. Marami nagbenta ng ulam, nagkaroon ng karinderya, mga ganun. Um, but also more than that, they also expressed kasi na right now, they also want to become digital savvy. Gusto din nilang maging techie. Hindi sila makapag-adapt to the changing times. Hindi nila 
alam paano mag-access ng Facebook shop or paano ba yung Instagram. Um, so what we did is we also supported them in their uh, digital uh, pivots or transitions. So um, for some, we set up their Facebook pages. Um, we coach them in terms of, you know, how to properly take photos. Ganun. But there's still a lot of gaps in terms of digital um, training. And this is really where we want to focus in on in, in, in the coming year. Um, pero yun, parang the need talaga to educate is there. So that's also kind of um, how we, we were able to create impact. Um, even with our community of Proud We Wearers, uh, we maximize the IG live. Yun, a lot of the conversations were really around educating the the customers on the value of conscious consumption, how it's important that you know they support the local economy and and really reinvest in in ensuring that our crafts are kept alive. Um, third is, I think the greatest impact also is really keeping our team intact. You know, like you're the only way for you to be able to create impact outward is for you to also have a very strong foundation. So we also had to rethink our sustainability practice within Ant Hill. We had to nurture our company culture, strengthen it, um, really go back to our values, anchor ourselves in our values, you know, remind everyone why we are here. And I feel like nagkaroon lang ng change of attitude and perspective and slowly nag-dissolve yung anxiety and yung panic nung na-strengthen kami as a team inside, you know, na, nagkaroon kami ng, ng a lot of gains from the experience that strengthened us. And it allowed people to have more sense of ownership to increase their the trust and the accountability within the team. So, yon that sums up our impact. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Miss Anya. Nag-guilty tuloy ako din sa plantita. I was one of those plantitas during the pandemic. And ako din! Really. Uh, ilang plants ba ang naipon mo sa panahon ng pandemic? What's your number? Ang dami. Hindi, I, I, I don't keep count because I always parang ano yan, do my cuttings and then nagre-repot, ganon. But it was really also a good way to connect to nature kasi nga, naka, ay, gusto mong, parang gusto mong, cabin fever was real, you know? So parang gusto mo lang magkaroon ng sense of connection to the outside world and nature and it's really refreshing to have living things around you. Yun. Yes. Kaya it nurtures you inside. Yeah, returning to soil, returning to earth. Yes. Bahala na they label us plantita, but who's counting actually? Exactly. So how about Miss Ev? How are you able to help communities during the time of pandemic? Oh, okay. Yung sa ano, grabe yung nangyari doon during the pandemic. Kasi nga, the experience namin magbenta ng durin during winter to start April and May. And then, napag-isipan namin yung mga, what if, kasi nung March, April, hindi mo alam natatagal pa talaga yan eh. Akala ko hanggang June lang yan or something. Sabi namin na isin namin, what if kapag panahon na nagsisun ng durian? Hindi kasi yan, mahu- ang season kasi ng durian is mahuhulog talaga, mahikinig ang durian. Yeah, yung cacao namin, it's okay kasi pwede siya namin i-process and then itago. At uh, mas masarap pa nga ang cacao for six months, itago mo yung beans niya. 
for a year. But for Durian, paano siya? Kasi mahuhulog siya every day. So, sabi ko, wow, tayo may processing facility. May bandwagon facility kami. But how about the other powers? So, ang ginawa namin during the pandemic, kami yata, ang Durian, uh, Durian Industry Association yata, ang halos weekly nag-meeting dito sa Davao. Since sinal nga yung president ng Durian Association dito, weekly lagi kami nag-uusap ng mga farmers. Pinag-uusapan namin ano yung gagawin natin pag season na ng Durian. So, during the month of May, uh, ang ginawa namin is we gather all the, uh, yung, actually hindi namin mag-gather lahat ng farmers. So, it's uh, BOD lang yung ginagather namin. And then, uh, doon kami sa farm. Yun na lang kagandaan sa farmer. Pwede kayong mag-usap sa farm kasi malawak. So, social distancing, walay problema. So, ang, uh, pinag-usapan namin doon kung paano logistics, paano namin mapapadala ang produkto sa Manila. Kasi yun naman lagi ang problema natin eh, kung paano natin i-distribute ang goods. And when it comes to durian during the season, it's not just 500 kilos or one ton, it's 100 tons ang ha-harvest ng mga farmers. 100,000 to tons ang ha-harvest dito sa atin sa Davao. So, ang ginawa namin, uh, distribution, kasi number one na apektuhan is tourism. So, wala tayong market locally. Meron man, so, ilang percent lang yan? 2%, 5%, hanggang 10%. So, ang kailangan namin ilabas. So, ang ginawa ng pinag-usapan namin na let's gather the BOD and then think of something. So, una namin is na pag-anahan uh, namin is ang logistics. So, nakipag-usap kami, tumawa kay Ma'am Evelyn Tapinia, Ma'am Evelyn, kasi tanong niya, anong kailangan? So, Ma'am Logistics, kailangan natin ng murang pagpapadala ng prutas sa, uh, sa Manila kasi during that time, 90 pesos to 150 pesos per kilo pag nag-ship ka ng product. So, halos wala na. Eh, paano mo pa idudenta ang durian sa ang fruits or other, any other product? So, ang ginawa namin, kumausap kami ng isang airline, isang forwarder, and then from 90 pesos, nagpababa namin ng 35 pesos. Okay, so yung logistics ah, na ayos, so na naging happy naman si farmer kasi napadala yung mga goods sa Manila. And then, ang isa pa is, paano naman yung mga naiwan na hindi nagatrans? Kailangan siya i-process. So, nakipag-kinausap uh, din namin ng mga processors, paning gagawin, and also the buyers. So, uh, nag-usap-usap uh, nag kami, ano yung mga strategy as a team? So, ito yung tinatawag natin na collaboration. We are not a competitor anymore, but we are a collaborator. We have to work together para kailangan natin na pabigyan ng paraan, paano ito? Ano, kasi, highly perishable eh. And then, farmers will always say, Ma'am, paano namin, uh, saan dadalhin ang durian? So, laging nagdadalhin, Ma'am, saan namin dadalhin ang durian? Saan namin ibibenta? So, good thing naman with the Department of Agriculture, grabe ang uh, ang support ng uh, Department of Agriculture. Talagang, hindi lang siya, sinasabi nga na they, uh, farmers are the backliner or the frontliner. So, ang Department of Agriculture, laging nakaagapay kasi sila sa amin. So, tinutulungan talaga nila kami how to market and how to organize these farmers. Yun. Uh, we're able to increase the demand. So, kahit nag-pandemic, less naman yung nasira ng mga prutas. Uh, meron lang siguro na ano, pero siguro hindi naabot ng aming uh, uh, support. Pero 
halos lahat naman ay nagawa ng paraan. And also this year, yun pa rin yung pinagpaplanuhan namin. And during that time, kahit pandemic, we were able to get about a funding of 25 million ang association from uh, the Department of Agriculture para masuportahan yung food processing ng durian. So, uh, we are now busy sa, like, uh, there's about 135 million na ilalagay sa DFTC na food processing facility for durian, mango, and vegetable. So, ito malaking support. So, ito yung pinagkakaabalahan ko ngayon. So, it's, ang magbe-benefit ay lahat ng mga farmers. So, ang isa pang naka, na tulungan natin nung during that, ano, kasi is sa community natin with co-entrepreneur sa mga kasama natin. So, usually during that time, tumatawag pa rin ako dun sa mga ibang friends ko na uh, yung nawalan, yung talagang nag-zero ang production. So, grabe kasi emotional stress. So, a simple hi and hello, a simple, yung support pa na Oh, okay lang yan. Kapag tinitingnan natin, let's look on the brighter side, ganyan-ganyan. So, uh, yun yung mga ginawa namin, yun nga, uh, as, a, as a head ng food processor, uh, ng durian, and then ako as a food processor, head ng food processor, nagkukumustahan uh, kami. And then, nag-update kami, ano yung magandang gawin? I think, uh, ginawa rin yata namin nagsin sa uh, namin sa Kakao City na kumustahan, ano yung magandang market, paano gagawin. So, a simple kumustahan is a really a big help para ma ma ano, mabawasan yung emotional stress natin. Kasi parang minsan iisipin mo, bakit ako, bakit na ganito nangyari sa negosyo? So, yun. And, um, dumating din ako yung point kasi na nga, why we are here. Uh, kung baga, bakit tayo nagihirap ng ganito during the that pandemic and as an entrepreneur kasi parang kung i-give up ko naman tong, tong negosyo, mabukuhay naman ako, hindi ako ma-stress masyado. Bakit kailangan kong gumalaw? So, yun nga, uh, naniniwala ako, snow man is an island. Kailangan talaga natin, hindi lang ikaw ang para isipin mo during this time, but also the community, the people around you, and the yung mga taong umaasa sa'yo. Kasi during that time, we have ano, about 50 to 60 employees na kailangan namin supportahan. Buti that, pero ang, ang paniniwala namin kasi is kung kami mabubuhay, dapat mabuhay din yung empleyado namin. Kasi sila rin yung tumulong sa amin para mabuhay at tumabuhay yung negosyo. Alright, thank you so much Miss Eith. Ang galing! Kasi you're on a business standpoint, you're seeing your previously competitors sila sa market but you're seeing them now not as competitors but at but as collaborators. Katulad nga na yung sinabi ni Anna dito sa chat, people, relationships, collaboration. And talaga, you're holding this ethos that no one will be left behind. Ang galing. How about, can we hear from Ms. Witt naman? How were you able to help communities during the time of pandemic? Ms. Witt? Uh, in my mind, during the pandemic, uh, parang it brought home the idea that if logistics was going to be disrupted, how do we sustain our craft kitchens located in Davao, in Bohol, Tagbilaran, and in Manila? Walang problema yung Davao because that was the source of our single origin cacao beans. We used in all of the products that we create, we used uh, Grand Verdes uh, cacao beans uh, because we knew that... Uh, 
we could rely on the consistent quality of the beans. But with the pandemic, we felt na I think we need to understand truly and meaningfully how we can promote the circular economy uh, without having to get ingredients from so far, millions, you know, thousands of miles away. How do we now make our craft kitchens in Manila and Tagbilaran sustainable? So firstly, yung, in, as far as demand was concerned, we didn't have to look far. Yung most neighborhoods have created their own Facebook pages so that they can trade and sell with each other. And that was what we realized na because Manila had the better disposable income than Davao and Bohol, we felt na, hey, no need to look far because even in the neighborhood, we had siguro about 10,000 homes in our village alone. So but why don't we focus on selling our products? Because it's a very healthy product and it's a product that we actually need during the pandemic with all of its... Uh, immunity boosting benefits. So we became so uh, uh, focused on being able to parang sell. Pero what was the impact to the community? The impact to the community was the fact that number one, we were not incurring so much carbon footprint by having to send our products so far and wide. Alam mo, ang hirap i-embrace nitong idea of a carbon footprint because it's not something that parang very, very tangible. It's invisible. But the, the effect is very, very long term. So now, apart from just reducing our carbon footprint because all of our ingredients were either coming from our Davao farm or coming from Cebu, our dried mangoes were coming from Cebu and that was a major ingredient in our product, we decided now we will truly try to study how we can source things locally on a, re, on a ano pa ha, island basis. Because we get most of our ingredients <clears throat> inter-island. And so uh, the pivot now will have to, uh, number one, equip every craft kitchen with the ability to do further food processing while looking at the supply chain and looking to source all of the ingredients without having to do inter-island uh, shipping. Na. And I feel like, okay, we may not be 100% true to the fact that single origin Grand Verde Farms lang ang panggagalingan niya, but we can help more people by sourcing kunari, cacao from Luzon and cacao from, from Visayas. Uh, it's still in the works. We are just starting to lay the foundations of being able to do that, but that's the first move. The next move is yung uh, in Davao, we have a, a marketing cooperative called Cacao City. Uh, this is composed of cacao farmers and chocolatiers. The power of the collective much like what Anya and Iet has already mentioned, is super, super strong. Uh, because together, nga, uh, parang you have better leveraging, you have uh, stronger uh, and more powerful uh, bargaining ano, uh, capabilities. Cacao uh, City is a store that aggregates over mga about 10 different chocolate brands under one roof. Uh, it was a public-private partnership. Uh, with the city government of Davao and uh, cacao farmers and chocolate processors of Davao City. When we were declared cacao capital, this was two years ago, uh, it became evident that most of the top chocolate brands, local chocolate brands like Teo and Filo, Risas, and you name it, all these chocolate brands actually source their cacao beans from Davao. And so when we were named Cacao Capital of the Philippines, only because of the fact that we were producing most of the beans, what closely followed was another iconic uh, parang title given to us uh, several months back lang, which was the Chocolate Capital of the Philippines. So thank you, April, for raising that question. I saw that question 
me in the chat. How did this affect us? Number one, it gives it literally, and uh, no pun intended, it literally puts Davao City in the, in a sweet of the Philippines. It's oceans that we now make uh, chocolates. But how do we get that to Manila and uh, the different parts of the Philippines or even get it outside of the Philippines? That's something that we are now working towards by coming together as a collective Cacao City Marketing Co-op. We are working with one of the top advertising companies who, by the way, is a stakeholder also of the cacao industry in creating a digital marketing strategy, capitalizing on being the chocolate capital of the Philippines. And not only that, the product, the cacao and chocolate products being one of the superfood, which contains a lot of health benefits that can actually help us during the pandemic. So being able to uh, craft this digital social marketing strategy and being able to um, cross and fix the hurdle of logistics will be a very, very great opportunity to help a bigger, the, the country actually, eh? not just Davao. And because there are cacao farmers already in uh, Luzon and in Visayas and they're getting stronger and their capacity for production is getting bigger also. So again, uh, maximizing on this title of, become, of having been declared as the chocolate capital of the Philippines will help the entire country put uh, the Philippines in the global cacao and hopefully chocolate map somewhere ano, in the future. All right, thank you so much, Ms. Witt. I love hearing these stories from our panelists because they did not only innovated, but they pivoted as well. Even if sobrang challenging yung mga yung times in our country and in the world. Now, actually, para sa Miss Universe yung mga questions, no? So if for many women, na, for example, like me, who is not an entrepreneur, what do you think are the key traits for women entrepreneurs that you know that would help them thrive in the new normal? And what's one lesson or takeaway that you want to impart to other Filipino women entrepreneurs? Can we have Miss Anya? Sure. Ah, okay. Um, I feel like, you know, women um, are so... Parang it we're so we're so I guess blessed or I mean we're we're such in a in a good spot to kind of have um a balance of 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 qualities, right? Like one of the things that that I really, really appreciate about women leaders, I mean, who have obviously thrived, thrived throughout the pandemic, right? You you've seen um all these different countries who have done such a great job in in managing the crisis are really among women leaders because I feel like there's that balance of sensitivity and authority. So I feel like in terms of, of qualities, it's so important to be in touch with our femininity, you know, that we don't look at our feminine, what is labeled as feminine traits as a liability, but as a strength, you know, our capacity to be nurturing, um, to be sensitive, um, empathic, to to have a like a good, um, to be able to express ourselves, you know, our 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 and daming traits naman kababaihan na sobrang mahalaga in terms of leadership, and I feel like these are 
these are traits that we should embrace and we should hone. Yon. Um, for me, for me, siguro, what really, yung nangibabaw na quality or trait that I felt was very important throughout the pandemic was the capacity to reflect and to be introspective. Um, Miss Witt mentioned it earlier that it was, there's so much power in the pause and the pandemic really kind of um, allowed us to to be, uh, to have our, a deeper relationship with ourselves, right? Yung Yun. And and I think that's really powerful in terms of of wanting to affect change or wanting to be an effective leader. Parang you can't really lead and run a company or a business with an empty tank. And it's so important that as you go through a crisis or a business decision, that no matter how much it demands for you to be agile in the way you do things, pivot, innovate, ganon, you still have to be, um, you know, reflective about this and really anchor it in in your values or in what is in your core. Yun. So I think among entrepreneurs, yun yung important na takeaway for me na um, strengthen your your sense of of why or your commitment to your purpose and and really have a good um, solid foundation of values that you can go back to every time you know we we go through a a crisis or uh, a hurdle because it's it's never gonna go away you know it just it's just going to come in different forms but I think it's important that we remain grounded and reflective. So yeah, that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Anya. I love it because it's not applicable in business but in life as well. It's <laughs> inspirational. I, I love how you said there's so much power in the pause. Because feeling natin na kailangan tuloy-tuloy lang but we always have to reflect and think. Oh, I, I, I just wanted to add, you know, a lot of women measure their worth because, through their productivity. You know, I mean, we're all guilty of that. Like we're, um, hyper-driven, we're workaholic, we're so results-oriented, we're so attached to the outcome, and sometimes we're not able to enjoy the process. And yung, yung power, instead of in the pause, we put it in how productive we are. How many items are we able to take off our list? Ganun. And, and I don't think that's necessarily healthy. I mean, it's okay to be motivated and driven by, by results, but at the same time, um, when we when we constantly um, you know run us run a marathon and we're, we're constantly parang chasing something, we also are parang being pulled away by by what's important inside. So yung yung it's hard to find that balance. But I feel like the pandemic was was like what Ateyat was saying was also a huge blessing because it made us realize um, that truly the things that matter the most are what we already have and the basics, you know, it's going back to the value of family. Like it's so inspiring for me to always hear about Kuya Nel and Ateyat's story of how much they work together and how much love they, they put into their business, but also how the business um, nurtures their love. So yun, yun lang naman yung nagpatakbo ng negosyo nila throughout the pandemic, di ba? And, you know, um, Miss Witt's like really 
dream of being able to to pass on the sense of ownership among her children that really thrived it 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 bonded them as a family right like that actually was the highlight for me of Miss Sweet's story how she was able to to you know feel that now at this time parang yeah you're they're, they're already like one team in this in this business and in this vision and it was the same for us so i think that's really what matters most yeah Thank you so much, Miss Anya. You just made me so proud being a woman. Para wow, I'm so proud. Women empowerment. Okay, can we hear from Miss Eth, naman? Thank you, Anya. Very inspiring, ka talaga. So, yung sa akin is na ano ko lang is as a Filipino woman, kasi as an entrepreneur, we always do business with the heart. Yun napansin ko lalo na sa pal sa mga Filipino entrepreneurs. We always do business with the heart. And um, by doing this kasi, no matter what happened talaga, we always find ways to survive. Parang BDO lang, no? We find ways. But yun yung nakita ko. Every time nagugunta ako na sa BDO, nakikita yun, parang promotion, no? But yun yung nakita. Usually women always find ways to make things better. Kasi yun nga, dahil di ba laging sinasabi kapag kalot ako yung isang inaw, isang babae, parang lagi siya yung ilaw ng trahanan. Kaya tayo yung laging nagbibigay ng liwanag. We gave light sa, sa bahay natin, kahit saan. And in our business, parang yun din yung role natin. We're, we're so uh, passionate and doing things. And uh, kumbaga, parang pag women yung ano, laging lahat may paraan. Parang lahat Oh, it's a blessing. Hindi tayo yung nag-ano na, oh, it's parang, uh, kumbaga, kung nagkamari tayo, bawas, and this is if there's a failure, parang ganyan. Um, hindi natin siya pinitingnan as failure, but it's a, it's a lesson learned. So, kaya nga laging ang pay ko, pag, uh, ano is, pagka may failure, kasi sa business naman, hindi naman pwedeng lahat, laging up, 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 parang lahat is good, parang ganyan. But, uh, lagi, maraming failures. Like, ako, I experienced, a lot of failures, but then pinitingnan ko siya as parang peg ko na lang is charge the experience. Priceless yan. So parang ganyan. And then, mas ah, maraming yeah. opportunity. Ito nitingnan ko hindi ako kapababa. Yan yung lagi kong pinitingnan. Kaya, um, sa mga kababaihan natin, sa ating ano, kapag uh, dumating, dumating naman na sa lagat natin yung pinakamalaking pagtubok, yung pandemic. So, just continue to have faith in that. Iba kasi mayroon kang hinahawakan. Continue, uh, have faith in God and believe in yourself. Over everything talaga lahat. And then yun nga, kapag may failure, accept it and learn from it and move on. Marami pang opportunities na darating. Kung may mag-close the door, may mag-open another door, which is better. Maybe if in God's time, uh, lahat ibibigay yan sa inyo. Yun. Thank you so much, Miss Eth. But you know what? This resonates as well with the new Filipino initiative of AACPH. People view women as ilaw ng tahanan, but with the new Filipino initiative, she's not just an ilaw ng tahanan. She is an entrepreneur. Nox. <laughs> All right. But yahoo. Least let's have from let's have Miss Wit Halganza. Okay. Um, I'd like to build on what Anya and Iet said. Na, um, by allowing yourself to be still, you are able to distill all the many voices in your head. Because 
I think we we women we have both masculine and feminine qualities inside of us. The masculine qualities will uh, uh, no want us to okay go get the target, uh, measure it in terms of numbers, etc. etc. Kumbaga para bang ito yung masculine side natin, always analyzing, always doing, always trying to survive, always trying to you know find an opportunity to you know uh, where uh, a source of profit can ano, can can be open pero the feminine qualities found in both man and woman naman are also the qualities naman of nurturing openness empathy all those qualities that na mention na ni Iyet uh, at saka ni Anya uh, but you know by allowing yourself to be still during moments of crisis you allow, you quiet the many voices that fight for your attention and these voices are not just in your head they're actually all around you too and when you quiet those voices you are able to actually distill from the many many things coming and you know buzzing around you kung ano talaga yung sa palagay mong tamang decision and what feels right intuitively i think yung yung intuition natin i think a lot of men operate from the head, but we are like men most of the time. We operate from the headspace, but we don't. We 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 rarely. I think the pandemic was a great opportunity for us to operate from the gut space, and which you know that that intuitive voice that tells us, I think ito yun tamang path. I think ito yun tamang choice. Yon, because uh, money and all these targets are very very men or masculine-like qualities. I know it's important because, you know, how do we survive if we don't eat three times a day? Pero there are other ways. Like, I'd like to tell the story of my children out in Bohol trying to do urban, uh, the, uh, trying to develop the urban food forest. Talagang they're trying to survive on a food allowance good for four people with less than 10,000. And whatever they need beyond the 10,000, they must try to grow because there's so much space out there. So to me, that connection with the soil and our soul is truly something that's so, that has just gained so much clarity for me and my family. Because there is no sense for us to actually go hungry. Of course, the soil cannot give us everything we need. Like we can't grow the rice that we need to food uh, put on the table. Pero to some extent, to a large extent, we can simplify our needs and try to grow to the best that we can, food that we can put on the table, which can be very, very healthy for us. Because much of the food that we buy naman anyway from the supermarket and all the other restaurants are quite unhealthy. I think now is the time for us to focus on the fact that we can actually grow our own healthy food to some extent, just to be able to contribute to that uh, long-term sustainability. So, Again, uh, keep that soul and soil connection alive because when we allow nature to nurture us, because typically we have an ano eh, we have a very very polarizing view. We think that we nurture nature, but I think we're baligtad eh. It's nature that's nurturing us, and I think the pandemic has just uh, made that so clear. Now, if we allow nature to nurture us and work with nature, then we will truly find ways to sustain our businesses, sustain our relationships, sustain our families. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Witt. I love the soil and soul connection and allowing nature to nurture, to nurture us. Hindi lang siya pang tweet or pag Instagram bio, but it could be an, a philosophy in life as well. 
So, gusto ko siyang i-embroider sa t-shirt. Ganon. Ang ganda, Miss Sweet. Thank you for sharing Bibili ako, that. Anya. Ang ganda. As in, quotable na quotable. <laughs> i-embroider natin yan sa until na weave. Yay! Ako, number one customer. <laughs> ako, pangalawang customer. All right, thank you so much. All right, it's, wow, it's 11.38 actually in the morning. Few minutes na lang before 12 o'clock. As much as we want to extend this discussion, there, there are still parts of our program that we need to hold. So right now, I'd just like to thank our panelists. Could everyone give a virtual round of applause to our panelists? Please, Ms. E.F. Belvis, Ms. Anya Lim, and Ms. With Halganza for this enriching and educational discussion. Thanks again to our guests, E.F. Belviz, Annie Lim, and With Halganza, and to Janet Ko, Mina Akram, and Edna Mendoza Villena for organizing the Lift the Call initiative, which is such an inspiring initiative. We hope that in the future we can have more of our alumni and everyone in our Australian communities to be part of our podcast. If you are listeners, have suggestions on topics for future episodes, please message us on our Facebook page or our community site. Until the next episode, thank you and chat with you again soon. Bye, Animates!